Hi, this is Toby Cypress, artist of the White Suits. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. And just remember, revenge is best served in a white suit. I get it. I get it. Totally get it. The, the woohoo was not as infused with joy this week. Oh, yeah. As it, I mean, it happens, right? And, and for, for a very good reason, but I felt it too earlier in this. As I was preparing for the episode, I never sweat the opening music. Or, or, or the outros. I just, I just pick them, whatever sounds good to me, whatever I'm grooving on this week, that week, I put it in. But this week, I struggled for days over what songs to go in and out. And I didn't want to be, you know, maudlin, have something like really weepy going in. But I didn't want to do a disservice and seem like, you know, oh, you know, he's living it up. It's party time. So I, I, I just, I finally settled on one. But it was, it was, it was a, a very, very hard, hard choice to make. Difficult. I no. handled our, he handled it with the usual of fun. Oh, I, I hope. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. We're not giggling. We're not laughing. No, no. It's, I mean, there were some moments during the week where I did. I had to. Kind of, you gotta live. You, gotta live you, do, right? you do, you do, and and uh, but then preparing for tonight and and getting ready to sit down and talk to you too. It was um, it it brought it the weekend all all back to me. So, but we'll 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 get into it. We'll um, sure we'll have well. the uh, the usual things at the beginning of the show, and then. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll celebrate. It's a way to do yeah. it. Got to. That's what I ultimately decided. Uh, to skip the, uh, overly emotional and, and go straight for the thank you for being here. Oh, cool. Yes. You, uh, so you, you, you chose the Golden Girls opening? <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Thank you for being a friend. You you even put some some R and B in the gold. You know what? We should be singing that every time we walk into a con. Who was your uh, favorite Golden Girl? Oh, don't go there, please. None of them. Wait, what? Ruth. Ruth. Ruth McClanahan, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Ruth. 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 Fucking Golden Girl. I I avoided that show like the clap. Please. Betty White was easily the best. Renee loves that. She'll watch even, it doesn't matter what else is on. She will, uh, oh, Golden Girls Marathon is on. Whatever channel. Oh, that's my she, nene right there. She, I've seen every episode easily. I'm sure that, I have. Oh, when she, when she bent down to Florida, she pulled up in front of the house, took a picture in front of it and everything. She loves that fucking she knows show. What's up. My God. Uh, we hope you love this show, uh, because it is 11 o'clock comics, episode 421. I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. And uh, I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And I am the Southern Sexy Sextagenarian, Rue McClanahan. Uh, you changed it up on the fly, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you're dirty. 
You give you give it away. He does. You're, he does. I'm an all input woman. Uh-huh. I know, right? You are not Rue McClanahan. Thank the gods. That's my grits. You are Jake. <laughs> We're all over the map now. Jeez, you are. Yeah. Yes. Or Diner or whatever. No, or Flo from Alice. Diner. That was a fucking movie. Oh my god. Beautiful. You're you're Jason Wood. (laughs) Thank God. Oh shit. And you don't have to, you know, spend your hard-earned money unnecessarily. Use your head, people. Get your comics cheaper. And there's only one place to do that, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. One more time, dcbservice.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and all your collectibles, everything that's offered in the previews catalog at a fraction of the retail price. This is probably going to be the last time you hear these specials, so act accordingly. From Dark Horse, we got the Black Hammer, number one. It's a new Ongoing series by Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston. It looks great. And, you know, you can get it for 50% off. $3.99 cover price. Your price, $1.99. Cent. Uh, from Boom, we actually have a prequel to the original King Kong. 1933 King Kong now gets a prequel in comic book form written by James Asmus. The art by the great Carlos Magno. This thing is a six-issue limited series, the first issue of which will cost you $1.99. That's great. And we've been pimping this book a long time for um, good cause because I thought it was great. The other guys liked it. You know, you can never get a good word out of them. It's DC. It's the Omega Men. It's our buddy Tom King. And it's awesome. And you can get the whole shebang, 12 issues, under one cover, Twenty four ninety nine cover price. What are they going to bring it home for? Don't all answer at once. Twelve dollars and forty nine cents. You guys still there? Of course, we're listening to you. There you go. Flying sir. Intro, bro. I know, but I like a little bit of you know I whatever. Know. I what I like is irrelevant. Um, and and you know twelve dollars and forty nine cents. You can take it home. Make it your own. This is the best thing on the planet. DCBService.com. Yes, sir. I love to scoff at prices when I'm going through the previews catalog. I'll, I'll be going, especially Marvel and DC. You're going through Marvel, you see something, you're like, yeah, I'm not paying forty bucks for that. I'm probably getting it for half that. It's you got it's that right. it's so great. In the Mercos we trust. Yes. For real though. You know. Hmm. So let's move on. What uh, what kind of uh, imbibations are you all enjoying this evening? Wow, I like that word. Uh, I'll go first because I'm on the low end of the spectrum. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm drinking raspberry lime seltzer. See, tonight was a night to not do that. Yes. Yes. Well, no one sent me the memo. Dude. Mm. Shouldn't need it. What? What, what? what are you drinking, Jason? I'm drinking lime seltzer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, actually. Sorry. Uh, I'm drinking Clos de los Siete, the uh, red table wine that I'm oft, oft yes. fan of. I, I still have not had a sip of yet, so I have to try to get on that. God dang. Uh, maybe next time I'm over at the Casa de Wood. Oh, this weekend. Oh, I wish. After this fucking Sunday, I gotta Pool's drive open. out to Long Island, so I'm really looking forward to uh, that. Pool is open. Alright. I don't have a bathing suit, but that's cool. I don't need it. 
Oh no! <laughs> In for Grande, Selectus. Out! Out! Get out of my head! Uh, well, I figured. Who is, um. Cat? Figured it was it, it was a little fitting to to have something a little that I don't have too often, and uh, so tonight I am enjoying an old fashioned. Oh, I love it. You, yeah, you like the old fashions. You know what? That's entirely appropriate. It is. Yep. So that's why I chose it. Uh, tonight, as Vince is alluding, uh, a little somber because it's been a bad year. We've lost a lot of people this year. Jesus Christ. Right? It seems, I mean, I know every year we lose people and maybe it's statistically no more significant than, uh, than usual. It all feels that way. Um, but, uh, we're dedicating the show tonight to the memory of a cartoonist that, uh, I think we all agree is, uh, is one of the best of his generation. And, um, you know, I said something when we found out that he passed uh, on Twitter this week, uh, or rather on Facebook. I said something to the effect of, uh, we live in a world because of social media and everything that, um, you know, we are prone to hyperbole as a society now. Everything has to be the greatest ever, the worst, you know, amazing, historic, legendary. Uh, we're, we're fans of classic. Yeah, we're fans of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, overstating adjectives, uh, these days because we're trying to, make a point seem more significant in the, the, the grand time stream of our lives. Uh, but in this case, I think, uh, there is no way you can overstate, uh, the talents of, uh, this man. And that is Darwin Cook. Yes, I agree. And you know, far be it from me to, um, amend Jason's, um, words because he's very good with words. But I think Darwin was not only one of the greatest artists of his generation. I think he was one of the greatest artists of any generation. Oh, oh, sure. That's, well, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah. Um, the superlatives um, fail when you talk about guys like Wally Wood and Jack Kirby. The superlatives, they're almost redundant mm-hmm. because the, the name itself bespeaks the power of the art and the beauty of the art. And you say Darwin Cook instantly bang your your mind is filled with gorgeous images uh we'll get into it but the 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 adjectives are unnecessary the the proof is in the pudding what meets your eyes is as perfect as perfect can be mm-hmm. i think so for those that don't know and i doubt many of our listeners if any don't know uh darwin uh, passed away this week at 53 years old uh, after a uh, battle with cancer, and I don't um, I, I don't know if his having cancer was well known to his close friends and family. I'm sure they, um, but I, it was definitely not a publicly acknowledged thing. Right. Uh, so probably felt very sudden to most of us. Um, I had the opportunity to meet, to meet him twice. Uh, don't profess to be his friend or anything, but nice, super nice when I did meet him. Um, and, um, I'm glad to have had the chance to shake his hand and, and say thanks for the amazing work. Um, I know some of our friends, uh, some of our closest friends in this, this little hobby of ours are very close to him. Uh, uh Ron and Josh and Connor, uh, our fanboy brethren, they, they are 
personal friends with Darwin. They, they, uh, he was one of the first people to, um, really participate in their show in an in-depth, uh, interview. And, uh, they, they pretty much hung out with him, uh, any con that they were at together. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they, they, I mean, they were, you know, so, so heart, heartfelt, uh, uh, condolences to them. Uh, our, our former co-host, uh, Chris also, uh, knew Darwin reasonably well, spent, uh, I think a decent amount of time with him at, uh, Morrison con, right. And, uh, and other times. So, so yeah, um, tough spot, man. 53. It's, uh, that's pretty much our contemporary, you know, that's, that's... I mean, Vince, that's, that's your sort of your, your cohort, right? Yeah. So we, you know, aside from age, we have, you know, the, the other thing in common. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's just the, um, one of the things that we all agreed upon going into this was that we would not make any of this about us, which is a little bit difficult because when, when, when you profess to, um, care and appreciate and, and even when you're, you're just describing a person's work, obviously it's filtered through the self. There's no other way to do it. But, but the, the spotlight should not and never be uh, sh- uh shown on us we we love the man's work we just want to talk about how it affected us and without with there's the, the, there's you know no reservations it's just about him right absolutely so so let's just do that but i think we have a thank you um before we do yeah oh we can say that till the end i was going to say that to the end because we have another shout out at the end as well Okay, that's cool. In keeping with uh, the theme of the episode, sadly, but oh, sure, all right, yeah. all right. Let's be honest with with the listeners because they deserve to know. I have been berated, as rightfully so. All almost you constantly. Hurt me when you said that, I'm sorry. You, I swear on my mother, dude. You, as soon as you wrote that, I. It, but you was that not something to which you were I, already they, aware? I've said it before. It by now, I'm like it's no. just something that just. I, or, or I just, you know what? I just don't want to think that way. I don't. I, I don't that, own I, it. I don't want to know that you didn't. So I yeah, just okay. Put it away. L- let's just set it up. Back in the day when this book was coming out, I did not buy you the single not. issues. I get well. Okay, hey, you're you're Superman. Um, <laughs> I did. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't buy the single issues because I knew that I would want the eventual hardcover collected edition, and so I paused. I thought briefly. Turns out, I I have yet to read it. Um, and and I mentioned that fact this week, and and caused David much heartache. Yes. I yeah, I know. So I I'm probably going to surprise a lot of people by by mentioning this. I have not read New Frontier. Bananas. It's it's stupid. I know. I just I have. I don't have the absolute. I don't. I like. I don't have. I don't have it in any form. I have never. Aside from the covers, I have never seen inside. It's almost impossible. We 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 cover a broad spectrum of comics here, especially by the greats. I mean, if it we we chances are we have read it, Um, and I have never even peeked under the cover of New Frontier. I I think I I picked up the two trades because they collected the six issues in two separate trades, so three issues a trade. That's that's how I read it the first time, and I I think I 
still don't have never picked up the the actual initial issues and I would love to that that that's a book that I would love to have the the, the, the original first printing issues of um it came out four issues or five six six, six. six. there you go mini series um <sighs> so I I got the two trades the, Darwin Cook is a creator who will get me to triple dip and I will happily do it. I I have the trades. I have the absolute, which is the first. I only have two absolutes and, and that is one of them. I had to have it. And then the, uh, and, and I, um, I bought them when, uh, comiXology got them a couple of years ago and, and, uh, and, and I read it every so often and I, Reread it again this weekend, um, starting Friday afternoon. But it was, it, it's when, and I, we're probably going to go all over the place, but as far as New Frontier for me, that is, that's, that's the work when I think of Darwin Cook. That is, he's done, everything he's done is, is amazing, but that's, that's the, that's my Darwin Cook book is, is the right. New Frontier. And- and you're not wrong, but that's no, the thing about Dar- Darwin. Everything he's done, you could you could slice it up, um, whether it's say the Parker books or the Spirit mm-hmm. or Catwoman, any one of those, and 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 you know anything he's done, you could single that out as you know that's my favorite Darwin right. Cook, and you couldn't find a reason to deride that person for picking that. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Oh, you pick you pick Catwoman. Hey, that's a great choice because that's a Selena's big score is amazing, yeah. and you know the spirit. Okay, there's a lot of great stuff in that book. It's just superb. Yes. So any way you go, it, if Darwin Cook was a state, any road you traveled down would be probably the a, a great yes. road. Oh, right? I agree, and, and it's it's a goofy analogy. Yeah. I, I was trying to go somewhere with that, but I didn't. It, I didn't get there. And when. when uh... I didn't know. I, I wasn't sure as when I'm reading New Frontier. I, I, I don't know if this is supposed to be a retelling. I don't know if this is because uh, it didn't have anything like an Elseworlds banner on it or anything like that. So I'm like, all right, well, this is just and none of that. It was. It's one of the. It, it, it's. I don't know if you can say it's timeless because it is actually set in a specific era, but I mean, it, it's, it's a story that, and it's, it is when you, when you finish it, Vince, and, and you, you, you just think on it, you see what, Dar- it, it basically, Vince, it, it bridges the golden age and the silver age. It, it, ah. it lets you, because it starts off with the losers. Yes. It's a Hal story, isn't it? It, it is in a way cuz he is in, way, yeah. in every issue pretty much, but it's uh, but but Green Lantern is only in it for a handful of pages. It's mostly it's a DC a, story. I mean, it spans all the It it, it spans yeah. a few years from but but it it introduces the Flash, it introduces Green Lantern, but but what Darwin did is he he int- because there's it's a timeline and, and and he has months and years as for each chapter. You're being introduced to the characters as they appeared, as they were introduced in real time. So, yes. so, 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 awesome. so that, yeah, so that when, when we're first introduced to Barry Allen, the Flash, that's the month and year that showcase number four came out. 
Oh, I like and that. So it's, it's, it's layered in that way or it's meta, but it, it's, it is just, it, it's so beautifully done. It is, it, it's like Jason was talking about with the hyperbole. It, it's fucking masterpiece. I, I was just, one. you just took the words literally out of my mouth. I was going to say <laughs> it's a masterpiece. And again, it's truly a masterpiece. It is, uh, you know, we, we, I think with the three of us have all praised and we're not alone here, Watchmen. Not just because of the comic itself, but because of the phenomenal structure to it. You know, the, the Watchmen can be appreciated for so many different reasons, whether it be the symmetry or the structure or the pacing or the surface level story or the cartooning. The New Frontier is very similar to that. There are so many reasons to love it. And, uh, like David, uh, with, with Darwin's passing, I, I did take that opportunity to reread New Frontier again this week. And I feel like I saw things this time that I had either forgotten or never noticed before. Yes. Um, yes. and it's just, there's these moments in each issue that are draw job, uh, draw, draw. <laughs> I like that. That are, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> that, that are jaw dropping. Um, and it's just, they're so iconic. I mean, from, from, you know, cloud, uh, and, or, you know, jumping into the, to the T-Rex's mouth oh, yeah. to, and Vince, I mean, there's just great lines too. And this is the thing about New Frontier. I, um, Darwin, it, I would, I would go so far as to say Darwin, uh, outside of the Parker books, which really ramped up his page count, was not the most prolific Agreed. of, of, of creators. And, and part of that was that he always wanted to be in comics and frankly had trouble. Uh, getting into the industry, ended up leaving because he couldn't get regular work and spent 15 years uh, in advertising. Um, then he tried to go back to comics and had trouble again and ended up working, uh, as luck would have it, uh, with Bruce Timm on Batman and Superman, the animated series, and Batman Beyond. And then finally, after that, that led to him getting uh, another shot in comics, which from there he's been uh, stead steadily producing uh, work. But... You know, if you think about what he did in comics before New Frontier, I'm not sure anything we saw up to that point should have given us any reason to think he was capable of New Frontier. Because he did that not only as an astoundingly good cartoonist, but he also wrote it. And it was so tightly hmm. written on so many levels, as David alluded, even with staging the book to coincide with the release of these characters throughout the history of the publication – but yet never you could read this book and have never known that and it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't feel strange. And I mean one of my favorite things, and, and I'm sure David has a million too, but there's a scene in the second issue, Vince, where Superman is uh meeting up with Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman is in uh is it it's is it it's is it Vietnam? No, it can't uh, be, it has to be Korea, right? It's the fifties, so it has to be Korea. Can't be Vietnam. Uh, right? Or Cambodia? It's, it's, it's some set. I want to say Cambodia. Yeah, I, I should know. I, I just read it. I should know. But, but there, there's a situation where, where Superman detects, um, uh, oh no, it is, it is, uh, weird. It is, it, 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 I think, it, it, I think it's Indochina. Yeah, Indochina, but Ho Chi Minh. So either yeah. way, Superman is, uh, he goes into a village and he sees, uh, tons of death, like everybody's been murdered. The, 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 the homes are being burnt down. There was a, essentially genocide. And he's trying to investigate what it is. 
And he hears laughing and in, in, in one of the bungalows, and he goes in expecting to find the villains. And who's in there but a bunch of women from the village holding weapons and Wonder Woman with a big cask of wine, and they're yucking it up. And as it turns out... What's that? They're celebrating. Yeah, they're celebrating. As it turns out, these women were, were being mistreated and held captive and, and, and being just, just horribly mistreated. Uh, Wonder Woman freed them and then left all of the men's weapons in the center of the village and left them to their own devices. And uh, as you might guess, the women opted to grab the weapons and kill all the men. Good for and them. And Superman is aghast at this, right? Because he's Superman. Like, he can't fathom... How could you, Diana? That, ...that Diana would dare to to allow that to happen, much less endorse it and celebrate it. And it's just this awesome juxtaposition of Cook getting at the core of what makes these characters different. Right? Diana is about empowerment, and she's a warrior, and death is not something that's problematic for her. You know? Especially when she feels it's justified. Where Superman's this idealist and he just can't imagine letting someone die, even if they did wrong, if you have the capability to, to prevent the outcome. And then they get, they get debating and she, she brings up what it means to be an American and throws it in his face. And then basically he, he's being holier than now and she says, and this is the, I think one of my favorite lines in comics of all time, <laughs> the last panel is her pointing him and say, there's the door space man. Like, get the fuck out. And it's like, just, <laughs> it's so well constructed. And that, She's like, I don't give a fuck. Get out of here. You and know? Darwin draws Diana to be taller than Cal. He has yes. to look up to her. That's right. And she is, and, and it's, it's beautiful. And this is one of the things where I like when, when I think of Darwin's artwork, normally someone draws Superman and the suit is basically spray painted on. He's got blue skin. But Darwin draws characters and clothing and, and yep. it makes it realistic. He has Superman's top tucked in to the belt. The fabric is stretching and it's, it's, it's just, it works. It's, it's fitting for the story. It's fitting for the, for, for the era. It just, it all makes sense. Things like that just don't go unnoticed. And, and it's, it just, it's, it's logical. It doesn't, you look at it, and if you were to just take it all in, it's just it it works. It there's there's nothing that it's it's a superhero story, but it's it could very well it's just it it feels so yeah matter of factly. It, it's just there's another part Vince where we're introduced to Martian Manhunter. Oh, it's great, and he's learning about the Earth by watching television. And each scene is, a, you're, you're, you're seeing, you don't see what's on the TV, you just see the light of the TV, but you, you get a word balloon narrating what, what he's hearing. And then in the first panel, he's, he's, he's the, the you know, the, the long headed Martian looking version of himself. Then the next scene, he's Groucho Marx. Then he's Bugs Bunny. Then he's an Indian chief. Then he's, uh, Dick Tracy. You know, and it's like, cause he's watching these shows and he's learning and he's, he's morphing into these characters as he's watching it. But and, the, the, uh, the, the timeline or, or, or the time span, the, the, the time lapse is set up so that, and the, the, the Groucho panel, he's watching an advertisement for hotspot cola. So then when John is Bugs Bunny, he's got a bottle of hotspot in his hand. There's a couple of bottles on the windowsill. So he's, he's not just watching 
what what he's on what, what he's he's not just watching what's on TV he's 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 interacting with it he is he's he's incorporating it into his life he is he's he's becoming one with the the people around him it's, it's it, yeah it's it's truly astounding and and it, it it starts off i mean the first issue is as david said a, a story about uh, uh, a rescue mission gone wrong involving prehistoric uh life and rick flag and the losers and really has nothing to do with superheroes and then by the end you're in this epic grand cosmic battle featuring just about every hero you could imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it all makes sense and it's all, it's a linear story, but it's, it's just so well constructed and put together and it just, uh, it's, it's truly one of the examples of what, what you can do in comics that you really couldn't do in any other medium. Uh, you could never make a movie of this scale. Granted, they did do a new frontier animated movie, few years back, but, but again, not, I don't think it accomplished what the book accomplished. No, I mean, it was only 80 minutes long. I mean, Darwin yeah. had a hand in it, but it wasn't, it, it didn't reflect the, the entire scope of, of what was put on the page. And the, um, when we get to Gotham City 1957, where we see Batman and he's working, well, he's stopping a, uh, a cult from, from sacrificing a, uh, a young boy. And the two detectives that show up are, um, Detective John Jones and, uh, and Private Eye, Slam Bradley. And when, ah, I love Slam. Yeah. And I think Darwin does a, a very common character in Darwin's DC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in Solo yeah. and things like that. But we don't see after this, and it's, it's a, um, it's, it's the version of, of Batman from the 50s where, you know, the, the, the years were a little, um, it, it wasn't as, he, he looked more of the, the cane, Batman and, and with the short gloves and, and, uh, and that, that, that version of Batman. And we don't see Batman again in the series until he's, he's modified his look. And even Superman asks him, you know, why, why, why'd you change your look? And what's with the sidekick? Because now it's the introduction of Robin and, and Batman says, my, my goal was to scare criminals, not children. And when Batman broke up the cult, when he went to, um, and not the band, when he went to save the kid, the kid starts wigging out and freaking out and, and, and crying, wanting to stay away from him. So, so Batman realized maybe, maybe I need to tone down this look a little bit. And, and, uh, and so, so even when you think that there were just, um, however the, these characters were set up as they were being published back then in the fifties and sixties, Darwin is, is just kind of, making sense of of the difference if i was reading batman in the 50s if i went and looked for reprints or, or or picked up issues from the back and then i jumped to the neil adams era you know i wouldn't have that's just that's that version of batman for that era those are the stories i'm reading but darwin is actually letting you know this this explains the change so if if you're kind of that that nerd that, that needs to know had we go from there to here, he, he nudges you in that direction. And it, it, it just, if it can work, man, we have the wildcat in, in a, uh, Ted Grant is, and oh yeah, because we have, um, the, the heroes of the thirties, the forties and the fifties, they had to, um, basically it was a superhero registration act. They had to, uh, either register or retire. 
because now you're a vigilante and you're going, you're breaking the law. So the JSA was like, fuck it, we're out. And, and they retired, uh, except for our man who, um, gets a fate all, all, all to himself. But, uh, when, um, when the heroes of the late fifties, early sixties show up, uh, by the time you get to the end of the series, it, it all kind of, um, shakes out where, where the government decides to, to maybe not be so, um, heavy handed or, or dictate how, how things should go. There is a, um, the, there's a scene where the challengers are unknown, challengers of the unknown are being interviewed by Lois Lane and she is looking at their headquarters and my man says, yeah, the place was designed by some recluse named Kurtzberg. <laughs> I was done. I, this is this. I was just this little. These are just man. The whole thing. The way he draws the Flash is fantastic. And the um, all all Hal Jordan wants to do is is fly. He just he wants to whether it's you know the fastest aircraft or he wants to go into space. Any chance he can, he, he wants to just fly and when he um when he uh when he gets shot down by rick flag because he's uh a little overzealous and 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 he he thinks he knows what's right and basically he's just he's being a hot shot so rick flag grounds him and uh and we find out the reason rick did that is because he knew the mission was basically a suicide run and Rick Flagg, along with um, Ace Morgan, and uh, and I want to say one of the losers. There were uh, there were about three or four dudes who were who, who were part of Chuck Yeager's crew, and uh, and there's a guy who was part of that whole crew. His name was um, there. It is. It's uh. Back during the big one, I was one of the young pilots who started in Jaeger Squadron. We were all pretty young, far from home, and facing death every day. There were four of us. There was me, King Faraday, Ace Morgan, and a young man named Martin Jordan. And Martini was the best pilot of them all. And and he uh, he basically asked the guys to watch out for his son. Look out for my boy Hal. And... It just, it was, it's one of the, you're done. You're done right it there. It was one of those moments <laughs> where it was just, dude, it's, and, and yeah, we get the whole highball on the helmet and everything, but I almost not every page, but there are pages from each issue. Every time I'm, I'm reading it, I, I take a screenshot of the page and they're just, oh, there, there are panels. I, I'm, I'm almost out of storage space on my iCloud because I just could not. So it's basically, I just fucking screen caps of the entire series, but it's, it's, there are so many, and not just, not just great panels of art, but, but when the characters are speaking or just, and oh, and this is the other thing, dude, when, when, when I am reading New Frontier, there are some, some writers who will write a story, whether it's, you know, a Justice League story, an Avengers story, a lot of writers kind of, tell the story as if they're narrating it. it. It's one singular voice telling the entire story for all the characters. But with New Frontier, you you know 
every every caption box, even though it's all the same color white, if if Wonder Woman is is telling the story, or if if Superman or if Martian Manhunter, every but everything sounds unique. Every character just it doesn't sound like Darwin Cook is telling this story. It sounds like you're getting the thoughts of each character, whichever chapter you're reading. It, it's just man, I we could have a whole spotlight just on this book alone, but it is it. I just, I need you to read this, Vince. I will. It's so, so good. And <laughs> it, what there's, and, and, and like Jason said, there's something you always get when, when you reread it. The thing that I really noticed this time around, and I don't know why the hell I missed it originally. Um, you could think about it and you're like, okay, well it's, it's, it's DC and, in, in in the late fifties. And so you have, um, you know, you, you could write it. So, you know, where's, where's, where's Captain Marvel? Where's, where's Phantom Stranger? Where's Dr. Fate? And in the, um, in the beginning of the sixth issue, you find out where they are and why they're not involved. Because I mean, you look, you look at Dr. Fate or the Spectre and it's like, boom, the, the crisis is over. I mean, it's the, the super huge big bad that everybody has to face at the end of the book. Um, any of the magicians in DC universe could probably do away with it, but it's explained why, why they're not involved, why they're not interfering. And it's just, but it's, it's one of those things where, because I was so caught up on what the, the earthbound heroes were doing, what, what, um, what everybody else in the book was doing. And, and I never even thought about it. I, I, at no point did I think, well, where's the specter? I, I wonder what Satan is doing right now. It, it, it didn't even register with me. And then you're just, Darwin's like, Oh, you know what? This is where they are. Now we go back to our regular story. And, and it's just, it, it, without missing a freaking beat, man. It is indeed a masterpiece. I mean, I, it's 400 plus pages. And there's not a wasted page. It's true. No, and, you don't. You don't expect it. And, and pretty much every page is is a uh, is is three panels to a page widescreen. So it, it definitely right. has that cinematic feel on each page. There's nothing. And yeah, and 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 the colors by Dave Stewart. Every every issue is dedicated to whether it's Wally Wood or Will Eisner or Jack or every he and every issue is pretty much um, titled. Um, from a, uh, from war, I mean, like the, the, the sixth issue is titled, um, book six, Justice League of America. One of the other books is the brave and the bold. And, and, and he has, um, some funky looking, um, oh, book five is my greatest adventure, but every it's there. It, it's the graphic design in each issue is whether it's the cover or the first couple of pages and and then you get into the story and it's just it it's nonstop it it it's from one page to the next you just you, you got to catch your breath but he, he Darwin does not let up no it's 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 uh it's a shame that uh in a way like i mean after you do that book i mean <laughs> it would have been hard to think he could ever top it and and, uh, you know, then he, then he went ahead and did the Parker novels, which it's, uh, which were near and dear to his heart, a much more personal project for him. Uh, and, you know, we have gushed about them all over the years during their release, uh, as they came out on the show. 
So uh, people can always look back in the archives to find that our thoughts in detail there. But uh, but you know they in their own right very different books. I mean thematically, stylistically, much more monochromatic, um, but uh, but equally powerful storytelling. You know, you see the Parker books for me is where I've always considered Darwin's work playful. Right. Right. There's there's a lot of um, heartfelt emotion in his line, but it's more often than not lighthearted. Uh-huh. Like there are some moments in in the Catwoman issues where I mean it gets pretty brutal. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but I mean, you know, it's it's never explicit. But you you look at his body of work, and um, up until a certain point, I th- I thought of him as a very playful. Very lighthearted artists. You, you look at the Spider-Man's Tangled Web issues. Mm. Those are great, right? And then you had the, the Wolverine dupe thing, sure. which was, which was a lot of fun. Um, uh, and, you know, Catwoman put a little bit of a spin on it, but the, the, the one that I read for this week, and Jason kind of tiptoed over it to get to the Parker books. <laughs> yeah, he did. But I, I went with my favorite. Oh, Cook. and I'm sorry, and, and I'm going to let you do that. I read the one shot leading up to that. As did I. Yeah, that was a me too. Oh, right, great, great. Good. And, and that, that is a, you know, even though it was written by Jeff Loeb, right. it, it was one of those times that the broken clock was 100% right. But there, there, he did not slip up at all on that issue. No. I think it's, it's, it, it is as far as, as, you know, takes on the Cape Crusader. It's pretty damn good. And it, and, and it doesn't, it's not one of those things where it's like, well, oh my God, what about that time? Like, why didn't, why didn't the spirit ever think, ever refer back to, yeah, you know, well. that because he didn't believe it, it just, it made sense. And, and as much sure. as I love, um, the new frontier and I do, and I, I like his adaptations of Stark's Parker novels. He's one of those guys where I think he's, when he's drawing what he's writing, he's unstoppable. But the Brubaker Catwoman stuff and the spirit one shot with Loeb, I like when he was working with someone else, just having someone else write the story that he was drawing. Right. Let's be honest, though. On those two books, especially the Batman spirit issue, it's almost like the writer's transparent. Because yes, Cook is telling the story, and okay, maybe he didn't concoct all the events, but the art is so commanding that I and I hesitate to say this, but when you have Darwin Cook on the visuals, you can take a lesser writer and elevate his craft. Because Darwin by by his very nature is gonna elevate anything he touches. I'm not saying Loeb and Brubaker are bad, but it's kind of hard to fail with Darwin Cook. I think you're controls. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Right. So, okay, I read the Spirit because, like I said, it is my favorite Darwin Cook. Is it the best Darwin Cook? I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's, it's the one. No, come on. It's the one that that resonates the most with me. Love the Parker stuff. Love Catwoman. I like. I I have never read a Darwin Cook book that I didn't love. But the Spirit, that goes right to my heart. Darwin Cook got me to buy his Spirit comic book. 
Stop. That's what, but I mean, and it's not, it's not like, oh, it's, Will Eisner is, is the spirits me. And I'm enjoying Wagner's writing of, of the spirit, but it wasn't really like, oh, DC's putting out a spirit book. I'm on it. No, once Cook was part of it, once Darwin Cook's going to do a spirit book, boom, I'm done. That's all I need. Right. But the approach is so unique because whenever you get someone that does the spirit that's not Will Eisner, it is always done in reverence to one of the greatest comic book creators of all time, Will Eisner. But they tend to approach it in a way where they mimic Eisner's approach or, or they're so, they're so in love. So, so the, the, the source material is so deeply rooted in them that they don't stray very far from the Eisner approach. Read the spirit by Darwin Cook. He made it completely his own. Yeah, it was done in reverence to Will Eisner, right. but it is not a pastiche of the spirit. It is not a note by note retelling or reworking of the same things that Will Eisner did. Cook completely enveloped Denny Colt and made it made that world his own. And it's not it's not by the numbers at all. Yes, he does play with typography. You expect that. Mm-hmm. If someone's gonna if someone's gonna do a spirit story, you 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 expect him them to work the character's name into a spread of some kind. It's a given, right? But the one that's in the Batman spirit book is genius. It's just plain genius, right? Pier 60? The, the, yeah, the, the spirit. Is, oh my god, is, I know. Isn't that great? It is incredible. And then, then you know, he, Cook wasn't done. No. Nope. Because we get a splash page of the spirit running on the pier and the letters yep. are t- tumbling behind him and it spells spirit, which would have been, you know, a jaw dropper on its own, but then two pages later, he pulls the same trick with Batman. Yeah. But the folds in the Batman's cape spell Batman. It's those two spreads are amazing. There's there's not a bad line on them. And that's another thing with Cook. Don't call him retro because he's not. No, see that's the thing. I his the style for me the style his work is timeless, but that's the word. Right. That is the word that's, right that, there. Overall, that's his work, but the style of art, I I view as retro. It's not. It's that's clean. Not, oh, it's not it's, totally it's clean, a, but it's no. It's clean. It's economical. There, there is nothing that it fits right so, in. If if it was published then, it it would fit right in. But that, which is why I think people like to give it that retro label, and is that right. it's, it's 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 being published today, but it's in a style from ages ago. Hence the retro, but it's when artists didn't didn't expend effort on us unnecessarily. Just, no, it's not just the effort. It's 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 the way the characters are drawn. It's the clothing. It's the cars. It's it's just that's that, well, that's see, yeah. I, see, I think I think he's he's considered retro simply because the majority of his work was done in different time periods. Okay, but no, the, the what stuff- I'm saying, even I'm agreeing with you. Like it's retro because he's drawing retro periods like new frontier was set in the 40s and the 50s so he drew stuff that looked like 40s and 50s right right there are periods parker set in the 50s and 60s so he drew those time frames uh the spirit is set in what the 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 30s the 
I, Actually, I no. The, the his his spirit stuff was was more modern day because wasn't yeah. uh yeah the cell phones and you had he was an ebony and and it was it was more it, it was in in today's time. Right. right. Okay. Well, so all right. But, you're right. The, the, he does partake in period pieces a lot, but the line is not retro. The brushwork is not retro. It's clean. Right. You, just just you know, it, it, it's a timeless approach. To illustration. And, and, you know, is, is Alex Toth retro? No. You know, it's, it's, it, he's right. Toth wasn't, what Toth was drawing then, he, he wasn't drawing something from. See, I, I think you're confusing the subject matter with the, I, I'm not talking about subject matter at all. I'm talking about style of no, I, and, right because I would even I, say like Batman and Superman Adventures were also retro in the sense that they were drawn intentionally to be from an earlier period of time, yeah, especially with the buildings and everything. Yeah, but uh, I guess I think Vince, when you say what you say, you're meaning like people mistakenly uh, describe Cook as though he draws in a aesthetic style that's more in line with what we used to see. Excuse, excuse me. Right. Back in the day, and and I agree that's not really true. Uh, like no, yeah. it's not at all. Because right. look look at Parker. They that's a period. Those are all period pieces. Right. But that the 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 brushwork and the line style and that is not retro. Sure. It's 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 almost as if um his style of work from like say the spirit is being eaten away by by some. Now, how many issues death. of the spirit did he do? I think he did. Um, did he do ten or twelve? He did, I think he did 11. Okay. He didn't do one. I think it was like issue eight he didn't do. Um, but it only lasted but, like 17 issues? Oh, I stopped reading. Oh, no, I, I did too. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Too <much. laughs> that's too, I can find it. <laughs> Darwin's gone. Okay. We're done. But no, and the, the, the spirit Batman issue or Batman spirit, um, it's a great issue because Loeb and Cook, they get like, David said with New Frontier, they get to the core of these characters and they're not all that dissimilar. Um, oh shit, you have two issues. You have, <laughs> like Dolan and, and Commissioner Gordon are very close right. characters. And then you have the Batman with the Batcave. Denny Colt has his spirit domain underneath his grave in Wildwood Cemetery. So they, they, they have their home bases, both of which are subterranean. Um, they're both vigilantes. They both have the rogue galleries. There is a lot of similarity between the spirit and Batman. Um, and, and they play up the, the rogues gallery to the nth degree. I mean, Harley and the Joker would have been enough, but, uh, you get Catwoman. And, um, Ivy. Penguin, um, the, uh, I was going to say the question. <laughs> the Riddler, <laughs> the Riddler, Ventriloquist is in here, Killer Croc, the Octopus, um, Poison Ivy is in here, um, Carrion with, with Julia the Bird, which I think is hysterical. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to go all over the place, but Hussein Hussein from the spirit, the, the, the ongoing, I love that character. Hussein Hussein, he, he's, he's like this wily, crafty, you wouldn't think it by looking at him that he's as, you know, resourceful as he is. 
because he's he's portly. <laughs> yeah. And and he's all over the place, but he keeps popping up like a bad penny. Um and uh Pigel's in here. Oh yeah. It's oh, and, yeah. and she, she hooks up with with um uh Gordon. Meanwhile, Ivy puts the lips to yeah. to Dolan and it's just it it's it's not there are lighthearted moments on every page. And you're right, but, the, you know, the the fun of the issue is the way that he or they, I should say, because it is Loeb and Right. They, I gotta give they, they play off the symmetries. I mean, they're, they're, they simultaneously figure out they need to get to Hawaii, but in, in their own ways. I mean, they, they both use detective skills to figure it out, but, but they do it in their own ways, but they both end up in Hawaii trying to, and, you know. How about Gordon actually getting some? Gordon getting balls deep up in there. Yeah, really? Yeah. She's just, he's like, hey, come on back to bed, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile. I know. Dolan's walking around, all, all you know, cookie-eyed over. I think I saw a map of the Philippines on one of those panels. <laughs> but, but the thing is, there is. Babs wasn't happy though. The, this could have gone south very quickly because Ivy command commands. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> because, because Ivy manipulates Dolan yeah. into. Well, she wanted, she commanded him to shoot, um, Gordon in the head yep. and then blow up the, the, there's a, uh, PBA. What, what's, what is it? Is the, uh, there's this, um, gathering of policemen. Yeah. The, and, uh, in Hawaii. So the Joker thinks, hey, everybody's under one roof, uh, and the octopus. Let, the octopus is the main force in this. And that's, you know, another turning point in the issue where the Joker is not going to have anybody get one up on him. So he turns the tables and basically saves the day. But it's, it's an amazing issue. It's, um, again, Cook and women, the guy was a master oh, yeah. of the, of the female form. Thick and thin, baby, straight and curve. It's all there. Um, so, so, but back to the, the, the main spirit. Uh, so in the other issues, is it two arcs, Vince, or is it one arc, or? It, they're mostly no, done they, in ones. Yeah, but they're done I in ones. I haven't read the spirit, as you can tell, I haven't read the spirit. Oh, oh, so good. They're done in ones, but there's nuggets from previous stories in, in successive yeah. tales. Okay. So he does drag a thread it's, through. Um, it's issue seven is the anthology. That's the, um, oh, okay. that has stories by Simonson and Sprouse, uh, Walter Simonson. Uh, Palmiati and, and, um, Jordy Bernay, uh, and, uh, Kyle Baker. Darwin, Kyle Darwin Baker. did the cover. But yeah, so the 11 issues, um, Darwin drew the cover for them all, but there was one issue that, uh, that he didn't do the interiors on. But there's a lot of death in the spirit, but it's not explicit at all. I mean, yes. Cook does it very tastefully. Yeah, it, it's like 1940s movies where it's all off screen or you just hear the scream and, and it's... Yeah, yeah, like people get shot, you know. Um, you see the shadow fall. Yeah, and I like that. That I mean, that's that's a... There's a... He he knows when to push the limits and he knows when to when it's not necessary, yeah. right? He, it, it's like um, the... the, the um, Shows in the seventies when somebody got shot, they would just go, grab the stomach and like just kind of like 
hunch over, whereas if you got shot that close range, there'd be pieces of you, you know, on the wall behind you. But they never went there because they didn't think it was necessary, right? Um, even uh, Cook even retells the origin story of the spirit, and he does it in a slightly different style of illustration where the line's a lot looser, um, uh, a lot more free form, and it's just beautiful. It really is. Uh, even Dave Stewart um, mixed it up on the colors. Like they're in, instead of limiting. Um, now I don't want to say limiting. Instead of being faithful to the the lines uh, of of say you know um, the human form, he used geometric shapes to color it, and they extend sometimes into and beyond the 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 confines of the drawing which is awesome i love that so so he, they're playing with design and they're playing with line and color it's the, the spirit is really good and, and it's the spirit right one of the things i bet you david loved and i did too was ebony is not relegated right. to um the traditional wasn't the stereotype no, it wasn't, it wasn't the big lips. Looks like, yeah, it was not. He, he, Darwin took it in a different direction, toned it down. Kid's still a taxi driver, but it's not, he is, it's, it's not, it's not offensive in any way. No, he doesn't talk street, um, or stereotypically. Right. Um, he doesn't, behind a cab. He, no, he doesn't have gigantic lips like, like Eisner tended to do. Um, and he's very resourceful. He's very smart. He's, he's, he's enterprising. The kid, um, gets a cab and which, which Ebony did in, in, in Eisner's. He, he drove, uh, he carted the spirit around a lot, but, um, th- this, this Ebony is, is akin to the spirit's Robin in some sense because he, you know, he helps him out. He, he's, he's been, um, uh, he's been in the, in the, this quote, spirit cave. So he, he has divulged to the kid that, you know, this is who I am. Like, like Batman. I just found number eight. You have I it? Do, no, well, I have, yeah, cause, they, cause they're right here. They're scattered throughout the, um, the bookshelf. This, the bookshelf I was pulling books out from a couple weeks ago and I was like, why did I, why was I buying Stormwatch PhD and shit? It, they're all mixed in with this because I don't have any organizational skills. So. Yeah, I just pulled out number eight where he's he's um cutting the wire in front of the uh from the time bomb. I love I love the spirit's face on that cover because he's got his tongue out and he's and, and he's he's looking through one eye. It's no the the book was I was and, and I like the feel of the covers on these books too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh you know that I have the hard covers and the first I think both of them, they had die cut dust jackets. Oh wow, really? The thing was cut out, yeah. And mine ripped. So I just do what I normally do when I get a dust jacket and I threw it away. And the cover is better without the dust jacket because it's the spirit coming out of a manhole and it's oh, raining. Nice. It's Central City, you know, it's and on the back it's the cover with the spirit hanging upside down with Pigel on the side, she's got the, the handcuffs. Or the, the 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 shackles. It's it's better without the the. It just it, everything's better without yes, the dust jacket. Yes, so you say. It's true. Ginger um, coffee. I think issue five may be my favorite. What was that? 
That's the one where they they sell the spirit brand pork and beans, and Eisner gets all or not Eisner. Oh my God, sorry, Darwin. <laughs> um, uh, Cook gets all cartoony because they they use the animated characters to sell the pork and beans. Did you read that issue? I had, I must have, but when it came out, so I don't remember. The, the, the villain is Carrion with the, the the vulture, and there's a really unhealthy relationship between Carrion and the vulture. Because he talks to her like a woman. He does. He really does. And it's, very, it's very unsettling. Because you're, and she looks at him with love, like she, the, the cook will show the the vulture looking at him, and she's got gigantic, uh, anime eyes, and she has like hearts in her speech bubble. So like, what is going on here? Is he sleeping with the vulture? You don't know. You wouldn't put it past the guy when you look at him. He looks like a very thin. Gomez Adams. Like he's all pale and shit. As a person named Carrion would be, yes. right? Dude, um, I mean, real talk, you kind of look like Gomez Adams a little bit. <laughs> just saying. I just say, Yeah, you do? I'm just okay. saying. Ebony's even got the... Handsome uh, fellow that you are. Oh, sure, thanks. Gomez was was handsome. But, you know, I, now I'm thinking about it, I guess the... Especially the, the Raul Julia version. Yes. Uh, yeah, I I really I really can't I can't pick a, a favorite issue. They're all really great. I love the one with the meteorite mm-hmm. and the the band, the blue, almost blue. Uh, it's just it, the, the the spirit is is it's timeless. Even though yeah. Cook, Cook decided to set it in a in a, in a time period, it, it, this, these stories work in any 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 setting time period. It's just amazing. And I'm glad to, to, to have the, the, uh, opportunity to, to, to read these and to own them and to be presented them because they're just great comics. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Well said. I, I got, and that, that is really the, that is the only Darwin Cook stuff I haven't read. And you know, it was your, your, your hatred of, of the pulp characters, even though the spirit is not one. Just really read Wait, uh, well, I consider him a pulp character. He's a pulp character as far as I'm concerned, but. He's not. Well, fair no. enough. I'm not going to argue with you on that, but but it's, but yes, I the, the, the fact that he's he's uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not a spirit fan. But there are there are many pulp characters that have transitioned to to sequential art, but the pulp characters were those that were first um, uh, that originated in the pulp novels, uh-huh. the pulp. So you can't call the spirit that because he ain't. <laughs> I wonder how much it, uh, the talent showcase number nineteen would fetch. Yeah, his, uh, his first short story, you know, the one uh, I didn't read that story, but I think the first time I really Darwin's work stood out to me, and I didn't know who the hell I didn't know Darwin Cook at the time. But aside from that that opening title sequence, the Batman Beyond, but I enjoyed the hell. Out of the Men in Black cartoon. Oh no, that's interesting because I never watched that. I didn't even know it existed. Really? That was one of the early that, that when when Kids WB first started off because you had in in my neck of the woods, Batman the animated, the animated series was first on Fox. Uh huh. Then it moved to um to Kids WB on Saturday mornings, and that's when Batman changed his look and and okay. became Nightwing, and um the the art style changed slightly, but. 
uh, also Saturday mornings, you had Men in Black the series and you okay. had, um, you, you had Agent J and Agent K, but, uh, Linda Fiorentino's character. I'll make this look good. She, um, <laughs> they, she, she was actually an agent on, in the cartoon and, and, uh, which didn't really jive with the end of the first movie or the first sequel since we never saw her again in the movies, but, um, yeah, I, and, and I liked that, uh, the art style for it, but apparently he, he was a director, so I have... Well, for the first, yeah, for the first season, and then he... How many seasons were there? Oh, uh, I don't know. Then, Maybe it was only one season, but yeah. I thought then he went, then he left for comics, yeah. Right. Um, he's, he's, his eye is something that always, the man just had a sense of style, and I, I, well, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, and one of the cool things too, I mean, is people that are, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that are Cook fans, but maybe haven't read all of his stuff and are looking like we were to maybe fill in some of the the cracks of of what we didn't read. And um, I would say that one of the cool things about the Catwoman four issues that he did uh, is that you really do see an earlier, less refined Cook as a comic book cartoonist. Still excellent. I, I don't. I don't but, want to bes- besmirch it, but it's 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 his pencils with inks by Mike Allred. Right. So I don't know. And where... well, and the finishes are very different. It's it's a much less tight, polished look. And again, whether that's because he was collaborating with Allred or what have you, but you see the the you see the the uh, the roots. Uh, you see the the DNA of what will become the definitive Darwin Cook style. But it's it's definitely a little bit. A little bit more rough hewn at points, and uh, it's yeah, it's cool. To but see. then you then you get the punch in the face with Selena's big score. I mean yes. that yeah. that is fully fully formed yes. Darwin Cook. And so, as yeah. I understand it, because I, I read the Selena's I read the Selena's big score long before I read those Catwoman issues, even though as many people did, yeah. right? So Brubaker and Cook did a backup series featuring Selena in Detective. And then yes. that was what led to the demand for the Catwoman single series, uh, series, which Cook did the first four issues. And then, and then we move on to, he goes and does other stuff. And then as you said, goes back and does the Selena's big score. Um, I think we got to give a little tip of the hat to J-Bone too. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, because he, he was on, on a lot of projects. He was a big asset to, to Cook. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I would, I don't know if you guys know the story, but I was fascinated to see in those issues that all red inked him because I never thought of all red as someone that inked other people's work. Yeah. And that, uh, that Laura didn't color it. Yeah. And I, they must be tight, right? Because I mean, yeah, uh, Cook was involved with ecstatics and the X and the Wolverine dupe and all that. So I guess it all ties in together. But, uh, David, you mentioned solo. For those that don't know, uh, Solo was a, it was a Mark Shirello, venerable DC art director, was, uh, created a series called Solo, which was meant to showcase the, the specific, uh, works of a specific, uh, creator each issue, hence the name Solo. And it was an anthology, in essence, but, but for each issue represented a different creator, and, Issue number five of Solo was Darwin Cook's issue, and it uh, it, it essentially is a bunch of little vignettes that uh, are are are, are uh, surrounded by by Slam. I mean, Slam Bradley is the focal point of the issue. 
uh, and then there are little vignettes within there, uh, including a little bit of an autobiographical origin story. Um, now, I don't know if that is an accurate depiction of how he actually got into being an artist, but uh, but it certainly seems so. It shows a, a young Darwin uh, going to another gentleman's house with his dad, and uh, the gentleman is a golfer and creates golf clubs, and he gives Darwin a customized golf club, which he's very excited about. It's, it's implied that Darwin is an avid golfer as a kid. Um, and then he goes to play in the backyard with the new club while his dad and his dad's buddy have some uh, adult beverages. And when he goes out there, he goes into the gazebo where his the gentleman's wife is in there, and she's an artist, and she's painting. And he's far more taken by her painting than he is the golf. And she, he leaves, uh, their house with a bunch of art supplies that she gives him. And then, uh, it's, it's implied in the little anecdote that, uh, that's what sets him off into being an artist. So I, I don't know again if that's like 100% true of how it happened, but, uh, but need to see a little window into what might have led to his becoming the creator that he is. Um, and I will say that uh, that solo issue is a good reminder of how quality that solo whole thing was. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what was it? Maybe yep. two or three years ago, DC put out a nice hardcover reprint of that. Yep. And it's still Absolutely. in print. You can get it from in-stock trades or Amazon or somewhere like that. You can definitely get that. And it's worth your time. It's it's it, it, The whole thing is great, uh, not just for the Darwin issue, but... Uh, yeah, it's a Corbin issue, too. Yeah, yeah, there is. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, and I, I remember all red inking... Um, Cook on another issue too. Okay. I think it was um, it was one of those goofy Stan Lee books, like what if Stan Lee created? What well, was not what if? Just just imagine Stan Lee and and this person doing this character. I think there's a um, there's a Cook backup story in one of those books. Uh, just imagine Stan Lee Stan with Chris Bacello creating Catwoman. Ah, there you go. There you go. I know already inked him on that too. Yeah. And we should not leave out Jonah Hex. I was just going to say, yep. Nope. Because nope. Cook's Jonah Hex, he did three, I believe, two in the regular Jonah Hex series, and I think he did one, um, what was it, All-Star Western. Right. And, yeah, and the his Jonah Hex is phenomenal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, now, I, he is one of the creators who, um, there, there are a few books that I have that, that aren't mixed in with everything else. And there are right next to where I record, where the laptop is set up, aside from the complete black and white Zot that Jason gave me one year. Oh yeah. And the I Frank do. Miller leather bound Batman book. Oh yeah. And the <laughs> Eisner Miller <laughs> conversation book. What, what? The Three books because I don't have Slayground yet are the Parker uh, adaptations. They are always right in front of me, and and behind those, leaning up against the desk, is uh, is is the, uh, the the big portfolio size uh, one shot. Oh, for sure. I don't have Slayground either. You guys are crazy. No, 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 no. It's it's I, it's I, not. I couldn't order it when it came out because of the rule, and it's just something that I I've been meaning to get. But I I loved. 
the score. And I thought that was a great, um, not that it was an ending in my mind, but I'm like, I'm, I'm good right now. I'll get Slayground. It's not going away. Sure. But it, it just, it wasn't something that I needed to get when it came out. Yeah. And I don't want to give short shrift to the Parker series here. I mean, it's just that I guess from my perspective, we, we, we talked at length about, uh, oh, as they came out, every yeah, one of those were some uh, great years. And, and they, they were frequent. They are, they're all, each of them was a frequent, uh, uh, or, or, or rather, not the frequency of the word. Each of them were, in their own rights, winners of our eleven o'clock scores as well. Without so. a doubt. Um, right. and, and also, we we shouldn't neglect uh, the before Watchmen stuff because uh, as much as I was going like, right, which is like where I was going to get to that. No, um, Darwin drew before Watchmen Minutemen. Yeah, and he co-wrote before Watchmen Silk Spectre. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought it was great. Because again, that was very controversial, you know. Bring watch, they were great. Watching bring Watchmen yeah. back, and can you go back to the well? And I think a lot of people, ourselves included, were skeptical. But uh, I think they did a, a very nice job with those, in particular those issues. So yeah. Back to the Parker books for a second. Um, no surprise for me. The story is almost tertiary on those because I don't really care. You know, like that genre has to fight really hard to resonate with me. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, I love the, heist stories, so. As many people do. But the main draw was definitely the art. Sure. And, and then the second was the presentation, the printing, the, the just the book design. I, I love the Parker books for that. This, I mean, I, I enjoyed them. I'm not gonna front and say, oh, it's, it's, it's espionage. I don't dig it. But I did. I enjoyed them, but that was, that follows the, the, uh, the art and design as, as being a concern. They're, they're, they're worthwhile purchases and they would probably eclipse anything on the shelf on which they were placed, but, you know, it, the go-to, um, is different for for all of us, right? It's true. Uh, the cool thing about those books, though, is that uh, there there have been many adaptations of Richard Stark's Parker novels. Yeah, right. Uh, innumerable movies, um, some of to varying degrees of quality, but uh, none of them were called Parker for a long time because they until were, after he died, right? But um, Darwin got permission from Richard yeah. to adapt these books and got the blessing, so to speak. Uh, and again, in the grand scheme of things, is that all that important one way or the other? Maybe not, but it was cool to know that this author finally found someone that he felt was worthy of yeah. taking his work and reinterpreting it. And, and again, <laughs> uh, and this is secondhand, but by all accounts, this was the dream project for Darwin. I mean, this was, this was his favorite stuff and he got to create it in a new form. And so that's pretty cool because how many people in any profession get to achieve their career goal, you know, which was to do these works. So, uh, it's, it's neat. Again, it's, it's horribly tragic that anybody loses their life this young, but, but, uh, at least you can say that he got to do the project he always dreamed of doing, which is yeah. great. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in the afterlife, as you guys know, but uh, but I'm sure many of our listeners are. And if if you are, then uh, hopefully you think he's somewhere uh, smiling because at least he got to do what he always wanted to do. So, which you know is, is cool. 
in its own way, in a karmic sort of way. Yeah. Yes. He's energy. He's not going to dissipate. Uh, yeah, for sure. Ain't going to happen. No, for no. sure. So tip our cap to the man. It's it's a gift. I can't wait for the, Vince to read New Frontier so it can be his 2016 11 <laughs> cost new to me. Well, <laughs> at least I at least I could fill that category then. That's one of the harder or he'll, ones. He'll just start talking about it in a couple weeks going, yo, you guys got to read this shit. Yeah, it's like Ghost Rider. Uh, oh, uh, oh, but but one, of the, one of the things we wanted to, to impart with this episode was um, even though we are doing this in, in retrospect, don't follow our lead um, with the living. Yes. Right? Make sure Take it upon yourself. It, it, you you could be shy, um, you know, introverted person. Just if you are enamored with the work of a creator, make sure you tell them. Very true. If you have the opportunity to do uh-huh. so, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it before it's We've too late. We've talked about this before. Um, but, yes. But is there is there? But maybe for listeners that either don't remember the archives or have started listening since, what uh, what creators did you never get the chance to? To shake hands and say thank you too that you wish. I mean, for me, you guys know it's, uh, it's John Buscema. Never met yeah, a fan. Kirby. Never got, yeah, I, I would have assumed for you, Kirby. I mean, Kirby, I, I guess a lot of us would say Kirby. I never met the man either, so I, but, uh. I, I had the chance too. Did you? Mm-hmm. Um, my lazy ass didn't want to get to the, uh, one of the, uh, New York Comic Cons. Uh, I don't think they were caught. Well, yeah, maybe there was a creation con. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, Manhattan, um, one year and I'm just like, ah, fuck it. He'll, he'll be there next year. Right. And, and uh, you know, he, and he wasn't, you know, but we, I mean, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity we have been granted to actually tell the living, uh, creators we love that we do so, yeah. right? I mean, how many how many people have we just gone up to and it's like, oh man, thank you, I love your Chris stuff. Claremont, I, I, Larry Hama. But Chris Claremont didn't really seem to care. No, he didn't. He really <laughs> was Rich Buckler. Chris is like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Rich Buckler, get off my lawn, you pricks. Uh, no, but it's it it. You never know. It could mean a lot to some of these creators, especially the guys in their twilight years who are still plugging yeah. away doing it. You know, that just a, a, a well placed. Your work really means yeah, something. You shake their hand. Just, you don't have to bring your stack of comics with them. Just because you don't even know if, if I mean, airtime's a word of con, and I, I didn't look at the guest list. So if I didn't know somebody was going to be there, I still want to show my appreciation for their work, thank them for the years of entertainment, and uh, and just let them know that you know I'm I'm a fan. You know, they didn't. I mean, Herb Trippy is a great example, right? I mean, yes, I, I mean, exactly, exactly. We, uh, yep. we got to meet the man and have a great chat with him and yucked it up. And he was gracious enough to draw on one of my jam pieces, my GI Joe jam piece, actually. And I mean, I, I didn't think he, we, uh, who, who was to know that he would pass away and, you know, before the next con, you know, yeah. right. Um, and this is especially fitting this approach for, for comics because of the, volume of time that these things take to create these guys work in a vacuum in a lot of cases where you know they're just plugging away on these pages just kicking them out and um you know you you don't 
it, it's not a, a profession that um, there's not a lot of limelight. Right. Uh, so so just take the time at, and and tell them and uh, that they have changed your life because they have. Yeah. It, for you know, a lot of cases, even even Greg Land has changed our lives, right? <laughs> sure. No, seriously, it, it makes you it makes you evaluate what you actually do like and appreciate. I'm not saying you know Land is not scum of the earth, but but when, when every every artist changes your life to a to a certain extent, right. you are not the same you were a few seconds before looking at their work. You're not. They they have moved you in either direction or you know uh, so so yeah just just tell them but let, let, let's move on. Um, what else do we have to to talk about here? Well, to, well do to, we, do we leave out anything? To answer Jason's question for me, it's uh, it's Bill Kane. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I never had the opportunity to meet him or either. Norvada, no. Yeah, he was. He was gone. I think Kane passed before Kirby, didn't he? Or not long no, after? No, Kane. No, after Kane, Kane was uh, early two thousands. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's you know I, I uh, that's an interesting one because and this is not in any way a slight to the man, but I guess because I didn't grow up a DC kid, like Kane was never like he was always more like an act like I appreciate like on an academic level because I know that he's a man, but like his work didn't have that. Like I would, I would say if you're if you're like if you were to line up a hundred comic geeks and say who was more significant to you, Gil Kane or John Buscema, I would imagine the vast majority would say Gil Kane. But for Depends me, it's on like age, but yeah, no, yeah, I'm just saying. But for me, it's like no contest because you you were the Marvel because was my man. But um, but yeah. you know, but but so I I did not ever meet Gil Kane, but I don't know that I would have approached him if I did, just because I didn't really have a connection with his work until you know probably in the last decade or so. January 2000 is when he died. Yeah. You know who's still alive and I consider one of the all-time greats as well? Alan Moore? Sal Buscema. Oh, yeah. I love Sal's work. Now, a little pushback. I love Sal, and he's the brother, of course, of my man John. Sure. But I think, again, like, to me... Like he's 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 Hall of Famer, but like all time great, eh, I got it. Like to me, all time greats, like I gotta like mentally curtail that list of like ten to twelve human beings. Mm. See, I don't think that's I think that's too short of a list. Well, ten right, to it's twelve. A subjective thing. I'm saying for me, like all time great is like pantheon, like the best, the best of their generation at the minimum, and uh, so like Neil oh. Adams. You know, it you know it's hard to it's hard to rank best of your generation when your generation includes the all time greats, and I think he held his own. He very, did, but he wasn't even the very, best Sema, So, dude, <laughs> well, he wasn't. I mean, are you? Uh, even he would acknowledge that. All right, uh, of you, uh, I, I don't I'm know if that's Sal like readily a, readily sings his brother's praises. Of course he does, and why? Why not? His brother was phenomenal, as is Sal. But I mean, if you if you go looking the 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 all time great Hulk artists, Sal, well, the all time great. Listen, you're not going to get the argument from me here. You know I love Sal, and Sal's a Hall of Famer. I I got no. I'm just saying, like I think I got to just stop a little short of like all time great. That's all. Okay, I don't agree, but we're not going to fight. But but definitely Hall of Famer. That's all. Sure. 
So if if not Cook, if 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 Cook isn't the best artist of his generation, who is? Oh, I don't know about this. Uh, stump jaw. Yeah. No, he didn't stump. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> yeah, I'm on this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. No, I don't want to go there. Okay. I don't. We'll save it because, for another time. No, I, I will never answer this question. <laughs> All right, let me reword it. Let me reword it. Okay. Who do? How about this? Who else? Who else would be in the running to? sit at the table in celebration of the best artists of their generation alongside Darwin. Frank Miller. Okay. Without I can get to, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. Wow. It's good when we agree. Uh let's see who else. Um I wouldn't call Allred of that generation. No, I wouldn't no. So who else so you're talking anywhere like fifty ish. Yeah, like the, more like the era of comics, though. Like, no, I, you could go younger because I again, I think Darwin's a modern age comic creator. Okay, so who among the modern day artists could hold their own with Darwin? Yeah, who will be remembered in that way? Sort of, and what I mean by that is that I, 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 I feel like Darwin's one of those creators where you got to be a real prick to besmirch the man's work. Exactly. Like, like there, even like, you like, could our, be a, like our boy Scotty, right? Yeah, we love his work. He is wildly successful. He's won a shit ton of Eisners. A great many people think he's an amazing cartoonist, as do we. But he'll be the first to acknowledge that he's a very stylized creator, as is as is Bacello. And so there are people that don't vibe on his stuff. Like, sure. But what I'm saying is, is like, like if you're going to tell me you, you don't like, like you think that. If you're telling me you think Darwin Cook isn't a good artist, I I, I gotta like stop talking to you, right? Like, no, Harry, like you, yeah, you, Harry, you I say it's so. not your your taste. I mean, if it's not your aesthetic, if you're not into that that cartoony style, but I mean, come on, that's it's, right. Objectively, he's I got, an amazing cartoonist. He's legendary, right? right? Uh, I got another one. Okay, Art Adams. Hmm. Man, see. You know, man, you're making this hard on me. You know, I love Art Adams. I love him, but I don't think I can get him on the same at the same table with Cook. I think there's the one you're missing, and it's the obvious one. Okay, Alan Davis. You give, but again, though, that affectations, man. Jeez, Davis falls under. Davis is a little. I think he falls under the Scotty umbrella, where it's you. You just you, you recognize his work. That's. His his style is perfect for the stories he's telling, but as far as writing and drawing and, and having the portfolio like Darwin had, um, I don't think it quite matches up. And I love Davis. Yeah. I disagree. Um, I might have to go – like, see, I'm thinking more like Paul Pope. Paul Pope's young. He's not yeah, a – I'm talking about when story. they created their work. Okay. I mean, Darwin started working really in earnest in the mid to late nineties. Okay. And Catwoman was what two thousand. Yeah, I would. I would say Pope. Definitely. Um. I mean, Vince isn't going to agree with this, but I put Terry Moore in that group. Why? Why? Why not? Well, you don't really care for Terry Moore. That's okay. I I've always said that I think his art is great. That's true. That's true. Yeah. See, part of me. Jeff Smith. 
See now, if you're going to throw Jeff Smith, mm, I, I would not say Jeff. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Jeff Smith does one thing. That's true. Uh, okay. <laughs> See now, what about? I'm not saying Jeff Smith is bad no, by no, any stretch. I, I agree with you, but uh, I, no, okay. we don't. <laughs> what about um? What about Somni? No, no. I just I think he's a different generation to me. We were, younger, we're, treading, right? we're treading into dirty, smelly water. No, I'm just because it's because it's it's that. But he is someone who ain't he. It doesn't matter the genre, and and he's got a, a distinct style, and 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 with the whole negative space thing. But I'm just I'm trying to get a grasp of of whether it's it's an age thing or right. it's a style thing or or if if they can work on any. Sort of job. I mean, this is a ridiculously subjective conversation. I'm oh, not, sure. I, I'm not, sure. There's no I, I wasn't, I didn't impose any rules, so I'm not, I was just thinking more like, I don't know, like it's, it's almost like, um, when the Supreme Court made the ruling about pornography and it was that, you know, it when you see it, <laughs> you know, I feel like with, <laughs> yeah, Cook, no, like, you're right. you know, yeah. like you, you look at Darwin Cook and you look at his career and you say, legend, you know, like there's like no really debating that. And I would put like Neil Adams in that camp, right? Or like, it's just like, all right, well, like he's unassailable. His 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 accomplishments in his field are unassailable. Yeah, no and matter so what he's kind of coming from that. Is, right. And so uh, we're talking guys that came up in the nineties, right? Yeah. There are there are two artists that I love. I absolutely adore. And I would not even put them in the same room with Darwin okay. Cook. McFarlane and Larson. Oh, for sure. Not not even remotely close. But their work has a power all their own, and and I I think they're 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 superb craftsmen. That's the thing that elevates Darwin Cook above these these gentlemen. That yeah, you know, there's a lot of superb craftsmen out there. There are very very few. Darwin I got one Cooks. on the Sriracha, and I I'm not saying I'm I'm not sure if I would put this guy there, but but I think he deserves at least discussion. J. H. Williams the third. Mm. Absurdly no. good, dude. He is absurdly good. He is good. He is good. I would he, not put him on. No. I wouldn't put him at the same he, table. No, me neither. Okay. But it's interesting uh, that... He does not have the sequential chops. No, though. that is definitely true. That's probably yeah. true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His his stories need the words. There's nothing much that... De- Pretty Darwin, pictures. Darwin, pictures. Darwin can, can tell a silence beautifully and, and you know exactly what the fuck's going on you know you have a you have an illustration of 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 superman and wonder woman sitting underneath a tree with superman having an apple like just just two two people you know uh, to all intents and purposes uh, in love and it's just an illustration that makes it burns itself into your brain right like those, those covers that cook did they were all i great. really hope that they do a collection of that yeah the titans playing you know, rock and roll yep. like that is just gold, man. And yeah, okay. Uh, I have one that I Ooh, believe. I got one that I would, I think, put at the table, but I think you're going to disagree. All right, Jaime Hernandez, oh, without think him, but yeah, without question, belongs at the same table as uh, Darwin. I'll Cook. have to just defer to you there because, as you know, I'm not that familiar with his work. <laughs> but, but no, but but I mean, but based on reputation and every one of y'all who I know, like I, I got no issues with that. Cool. But here's the one I think you, I might get pushback from you guys, but I think I would have to. Quitely. No, I won't push back. All right. No. Respect. 
Yeah, he's he's uh, next level as well. Yeah, I don't always like to admit it because I think there's a there's a grotesqueness to his work sure. that um, while I find it appealing on one level, it pushes me away on another. Like everybody's puffy and pudgy right. and malformed, which is why I mean I'm, I'm never going to push back when when Jason mentions him because I remember when we started. What I used to hate him. Um, <laughs> but but see, now now I'm just trying to. You guys are throwing names out, and I'm I'm trying to justify it because now we're talking about '90s artists, but but Vince throws Miller out there, and. Well, I think Vince threw Miller out because of their ages. Yeah. Whereas Miller was, was already a, like an all-star Hall of Famer before. Well, sure. Right. right. You, you can say legend when you mention Frank oh, yeah. Miller. It's okay. Because right. well, it was under the imprint, but you also. It's true. The, uh, <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> but I don't know. Oh, I don't know damn. if I can say quietly on that list because Cook is in, he's, he, He's a threat, no matter whether he's he's writing or drawing, and and quite right. draws beautiful pictures, but I don't know if he has what it takes to tell his own stories. I have one, Mazzucchelli. Yeah, that's mm. who I was thinking of. Yep. No, I can't go there. Oh, oh no! Are you for real? Never mind. Never okay. mind. Daredevil and Batman, but I mean, rubber blanket. Yes. I mean, no, dude, no. He is. He's. Yes. He's somebody who can just. He puts pen to paper, and and my dad's that's some jaw dropping shit. All right, now, yeah. not to say this list is in any way representative, because it's a fucking list, and it's from a site that shall not be named. Aye. But in 2014, they did a poll of Aye. of of readers. Who's and, reading? Uh, well, no, no, there were a couple thousand votes, and it was the top fifty writers and artists of all time. Oh boy, yeah. uh, Jeff Johns, number one. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, not to get off on the side, but kind of neat. I got to give yeah for for all the shit we give Time Warner. Oh, here's uh, DC. Uh, in recognition of how much Batman versus Superman sucked, <laughs> they have blown up. They have blown up their executive team. And they have created a new co-head of the studios. And Jeff Johns is one of the co-heads. Oh. I don't think it was all suck. Well, okay. Uh, well, the, the, the Time Warner disagreed with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, come on. I, the, we've said, I've said it. Yes. The desert sequence is worth the price of admission. Oh, okay. All right. So that's, cool. that's it. So here's, here's the, here was the list of the, of the top, are, of the top artists of all time. Yeah. Y'all are dicks. You want me to, you want me to start at, uh, start backwards? Okay. No? Yeah, go ahead. This is fun. Paul Pope. Wait a minute. 50. How long? Number 50. 50. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, Alex Tobin. Yeah, they're done. No, they're <laughs> done with me already. Well, that's the beauty of the It gets entertaining, right? Okay. Uh, Dave McKean. Wow. Jaime Hernandez. Ah, uh, so low. <laughs> Kurt Swan. Wow, he's on the list. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to touch that one. Steve McNiven. Okay. <laughs> Tim, Tim Sale. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> That's a right? That's a uh, e- Yvonne Heiss. What? Oh. No. It's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> Carl Barks. 
I, I would hazard to guess that the majority of the people that answered Karl Marx didn't even read Karl Marx's stuff. Uh, Olivier Coipel. Who's below, who's above Karl Marx? Um, five points more than Olivier Coipel, Joe Cooper. Number 39, Barry Windsor Smith. These lists make me mad. Number 38, Chris Pacello. It gets better, guys. It gets better. And I, what I mean better, I mean worse. Um, 37 is Jim Aparo. Oh, God. He's Respect. 36 Respect. Is Farland. Oh, man. 35th, Gene Colon. Poppy Capullo. 33 is a struggle for me. David Aja. I, I can't. I, I, I mean, I can't. I can't. When you're putting. I mean, I just great, but I mean, you're putting them ahead of Hubert and Winter Smith and like Carl Woo! I got palpitations. Uh, Dave Gibbons. Okay. Fiona Staples. This one is the biggest. There's malfeasance. The next two are malfeasance. Uh, John Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's dying on it. Um, 29 is an absolute travesty of all, of all mankind. Brian Hitch. Oh, man. Uh, Gil Kane, 28th. Mike Allred, 27th. Brian Boland and his whopping eight issues of his career. And many covers. Uh, Stuart Eminem, 25th. Okay. Wallace Wood. Art Adams. So 23rd, Art Adams. Alright, the fact that Wally Wood appears here, everything else negates the, this exercise. Uh, 20, 22nd's Darwin. No. 21st is Walt Simonson. 20th, my man Alan Davis. And we're in the top 20 here. Alan Davis 20. Uh, St. Kevish, 19. Steranko, 18. So far, none of them are better than Wally Wood, but go ahead. Romita, senior, 17. Mazzucchelli, 16. Okay. Busema, John, of course, 15. <laughs> such a dick. Such a dick. I would surprise to see a foreskin around your neck, buddy. Oh, you are... <laughs> um, now, something I, I gotta say is absolutely bananas, cause JR Sr. was 17, so I don't know how JR Jr. could be 14, but apparently he is. Oh, no. God. Yeah. Eisner, 13. Mm. Mignola, 12. Mobius, 11. Wow, where's it gonna go from here? <laughs> it's, it's, it's good, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, 10 is Frank Miller. I don't think any of us argue that. I mean that he belongs in the top 10, right? Yep. Uh, number nine, Vince is gonna probably drop the mic and leave the show. Alex Ross. Oh, for fuck. This, this is comic book artists, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, eighth, uh, J.H. Williams the third. Oh, Seven, seven, uh, Mr. Ditko. Oh my goodness. Six, Jim Lee. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, 
Jim Lee is over Ditko. <laughs> for the record. Oh my god. For the record, Jim. <laughs> Jim Lee finished sixth, but he had the fourth most first place votes for the record. Uh, number five, Neil Adams. No real issue with that. Number four, John Byrne. Not surprised. That's not surprising. Number three, George Perez. Oh, wow. <laughs> number two, Frank Quitely. <laughs> and who had 92 first place votes, by the way. And uh, number one, by a landslide, at least they got something right, Kirby. Well, that's a no-brainer for number one. You got 200 but... first place votes. <sighs> that's a really creepy list. It is, right? It's unsettling. <laughs> That, that, that there are, you know, it's again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It's all subjective, but there are, there are truths that I think a lot of these people just were unaware of going into this. You want to take a quick guess at the top 10 writers of all? Oh, God. Well, I think number one has to be Alan yes. Moore. Number two but, but by is the probably, way, by the way, but he's just barely ahead of number two. Really? Yeah. I would say number two would be um Stanley. No, 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 no. Oh really? No. We okay. Uh Neil Gaiman? Uh he's number three. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh number two, number two. Ch- ch- writers. Scott Snyder. Uh, no. no. Jeff Johns. No. Jeff Johns. Oh. Who would you who would have been your pick in twenty five years of your <clears throat> thirty years of reading comics? For writer? Yeah. Number oh, it's Grant Morrison. Yeah, number Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Alan Moore got four thousand seven hundred eighty-eight points, and Morrison got four thousand six hundred eighty-nine points. Gaiman third, Frank Miller fourth, Stan the Man fifth, Claremont, Ellis, Vaughn, Wade, and Johns. That's your top ten. <laughs> wow. I don't really have. I remember. I don't actually have much of an issue with that top ten list. I don't think I put Warren Ellis in there, but. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's, isn't it fascinating that the top of the lists are readily apparent to many, many, many people? Like, best comic book artist of all time. Chances are very, very good that that is going to be Jack Kirby. Sure. And it's just, it, and it makes you wonder, like, out of all the people that voted, how many do, how many really believe that? Or they're just going with the obvious? Um, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think this isn't a vote for their favorite artists. This is a vote for who they think is the best, right? So it's a bit of a balancing act. And, and again, in sports, we do the same thing. I mean, if you were to ask me that, you know, the top five players at a given position in a given sport, I would balance it against not only who I like or who I enjoy watching play, but I would also, Try and frame it as into some historical context and be objective on that front. Right. Well, sports is a lot different than art. You know, like not with these votes though. I think people try and be fairly systematic with it. Like I think Kirby gets the votes because of his longevity and the significance of the characters that he created. Right, but it's painfully obvious that Jack Kirby belongs at the number one spot. Sure. Is what I'm saying. But well, it is in most cases have... with these sports too. I mean, you again, if you were asking baseball, I mean, no one would put. Babe Ruth anywhere outside of one or two, and the most would put him one. I mean, even though. And you say basketball, it's probably Jordan. Yeah, Jordan right? would be on everybody's top yeah. three. But you know, you go a little bit farther down that list, and and some of the names, like Steve Ditko, I know a good many people who don't consider Ditko 
anywhere near, you know, belonging at, at the top of that list. Where I, I mean, I know they're wrong, but Ditko is very polarizing. I well, mean, you I either... mean, there's a good point, though. You, I think he's a great one because I do not personally. No, you don't consider Ditko. I, I like as a personal fan, I'm not a huge Ditko fan. But I would absolutely put him near the top of any list on that. Like, because objectively I'd have to give him credit, but I, but if I was making a list of who's your 10 favorite artists of all time, Ditko wouldn't come close to the list. Now, I think it's, it's curious that Steve Rude didn't even. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't in my list. Crazy. That's crazy. crazy Bananas. Yeah. Actually. It is. Your boy, uh, Eric Larson wasn't on the list either. Well, it, it, he doesn't belong on that list. I don't, I don't think McFarlane belongs on that. And look, some of this is recency, right? Like a guy like Aja or Quapel or, 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 um, Capullo, they're on there because the list was made in 2014. Right. And they're Capullo, doing the, giant Marvel and DC books at the time. Sure. So. Sure. So it's, a, there's, there's a timeliness to yeah. it. Uh, you know, the, the, the current, uh, um, darlings, but still, yeah. well, I mean, I mean it was, list, Jim Lee's the most overrated artist of all time. Agreed. Totally. And agreed. I'm not a Jim Lee hater. I mean, I know guys like no. Mario think he's horrible. I, I don't think he's a, I don't dislike his art, but I, I, I just think that's, it's bananas to me that he would be in the top, like the Pantheon, like I, yeah, it's crazy. Again, you get something like that and like the fact that Richard Corbin is not on there just. No, it's true. Blows. Yeah. Now, now, and I mean, like, not, now, Paris not only, three, I struggle with, uh, but I, I'm not me, surprised by that, though. Yeah, me, me too. But, but, like, so, so, where was John Severin? Yeah, not on there. Really, you're gonna have a list and not put John <laughs> Severin? Uh, it's true. Well, because it's it it just bewilders me. Yeah, yeah. But, but so, and 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 Harvey yeah, there's no Kurtzman on there. There's no Jack Davis on there. It's crazy. True. It's craziness. True. But they're fun. They're fun. And, you know, it's it's like the villains you love to hate. There's a certain bit of, of self-punishment sure, sure. To, to reading those things. And, again, you things. can't, like, rip on, like, Fiona Staples being list because, again, when this list was created, Saga was the book of the time, right? Sure. I mean, it was, sure. we were ta- it was the book we were talking about. It was the uh, Eisner. I mean, so she was the cartoonist and she won the Eisner that year's best, car- best, best artist. So, you know, so she's going to factor in everybody's list in, in that moment. Would she be 31 right now if they redid the list? No, I don't think so. No. And Plug wasn't even on it, which is a crime too. So. Yeah. Michael Golden. Yep. He should, he should be somewhere. Yeah. In. But yeah, it's cool. We had our fun at their expense. We did. Good laugh there. Yes, yes. Looking at the clock, it's ticking away. It is. Did you guys finish Twilight Children? Speaking of cook, yes, I I didn't get it. Get it yet? To go back to that, but yeah, um, I did. I ordered the tray. Okay. I have all the issues, but I have not finished it because I found it to be very impenetrable. Um, was the trade published yet? Because if it was, it's probably coming. Yes, in. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Awesome. I think it was. Um, I, it, I, it started off, I think, better than it finished. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I know, and I know. I mean, I, cause I, I enjoyed the first, sure I enjoyed the first issue. I wasn't, um, 
and I'm sure it's it's nuanced and and probably a second read through will will you know shed some light on some things. But um, there were a couple of characters that I just didn't care for, so they made the story hard to get through. And then there were a couple of characters that almost felt like they were throwaway or afterthoughts and and didn't factor into anything. But um, it it felt more like a love and rocket story than than anything from from Vertigo. I. You can kind of tell it was a Hernandez story. I, uh-huh. I thought it looked great, but I don't know. Um, hmm. I mean, you you may absolutely love it, Vince, and 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 I'll I'll reread nope. it when you get the trade. And yeah, there's a lot of Gilbert's been kicking out a lot of stories that happen in this pocket universe of Love and Rockets, where they're movies. Uh-huh. Based on one of one of the characters in 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 his his Palomar stories. Um, they're, they're, they're movies. So this could be one of those. Who knows? Okay. Or it could have been intended to be one of those. I don't know. I, I'll read it when, uh, I'll, we'll see. Okay. I can't wait to read it. Gilbert's, uh, Gilbert's a strange cat. Yeah. Right. Love him. But he's an acquired taste. If, um, I, I think the, you put Jaime's work next to Gilbert's. The average, person the majority are gonna are gonna gravitate towards Jaime's just because it's so damn pretty Gilbert has a there's a rawness and there's a there's a there's a, a primal undercurrent to Gilbert's stories that and they're just strange a lot of times they, they are impenetrable right I don't know <clears throat> two sides of the same coin both are um I think amazing but your mileage may vary right for sure. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed this because we, 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 I, I don't know. I enjoyed my time with these boys, but the, the reason for this episode is, is not something that, that, that makes me giddy. Um, we just got to say, you know, um, and I'm sure the guys will do it in their own way, but, uh, thank you, Darwin, for, for what you've given us mm-hmm. because, you made our lives better without you even knowing it. That's very true. Yeah. And uh, please solicit our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, where you can get your favorite books and collectibles at Wumba. Haven't said that in a while. Discounts such as, last time you're going to hear them, jump on these. Dark Horse has the Black Hammer, number one, available to you because you're smart and you go there for $1.99. Boom. Kong of Skull Island, number one, six issue miniseries. You can get it for the same price, $1.99. And The Great Omega Men by Tom King and others. Trade paperback collecting all of it, everything, $12.49. In your travels, um, I don't have anything. Okay. Um, yes, I do. I want you to read. And this is where we can do the thank you. Right? Sure. We have been um, lucky enough to uh, have attracted Mr. Dave Jordan, who is a phenomenal artist and just can't stop making comics. Uh, to our benefit, he has recently published a book called Odds. With an awesome cover. Un- I think the cover is phenomenal. 
it is so eye catching it's not even funny it's like it's like herpes for the eye um which is a weird analogy i'm sorry odds uh unconnected material from 2014 to 2016 by dave jordan like david said the cover is just amazing and it's just it's it's like the who's odd and sods these little things that have accumulated over the years for mr dave jordan and he scooped them all up and published them under one cover and it's pretty damn great yeah i i only made my way through two of the stories so far but they're 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 it it's Dave Jordan. It's it's fantastic stuff. I think my favorite is the the first one, the, the pizza. Small town pizza. Small town pizza. So far, I mean, like I said, I'm only <laughs> a little bit of the way into the book, but that story is just great. It is great. Yeah. No. If if you like Sad Man, and uh, where do we go from here? Then this is like 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 the cover says. It's unconnected to those other works, but it's still that that Dave Jordan essence. And I, I, I yes. cut you off, Vince. I'm sorry. I don't care. That's fine. Um, I would be a little careful because the works in this book are not like Sad Man. And where do we go from here thematically? Right. Anyway. Right. It's still, he's mixing it up. I mean, you get some some sketches uh, that he did of uh, old guys. Just just head sketches of, of old dudes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And um, th- there's a pretty hefty um, music undercurrent in these stories, too. I see Elvis Costello. I see a tribute to Bowie. A little bit Len Sane. You get uh, uh, the Black Star at the end. This must be a, uh, a more recent. Yes, it was. The strip called Heroes, originally posted on January 11th of 2016. And it's um, it is uh, a testament to the uh, memory of David Bowie. It's great stuff. Yeah, much I, I love get... to Dave for sending us all copies. He's always yeah. very generous in that regard. He is. He is. And I we should um, read this. I, and... I didn't. I don't have my copy with me. It's downstairs. Do, do we have any idea of where people can order the book? Oh, let's see. Yeah, Dave does have an Etsy store. Um, yeah. you can find him at, uh, DaveJordanArt.com. He's on Twitter at, uh, at that Dave Jordan. He's also on Instagram with that handle. He's also on Facebook. Um, you can definitely find Dave Jordan. And he's in the photo on the inside back cover. He's wearing an Iron Maiden hoodie. And in spite so, of that, I recommend the comic. If I did what? And- if I didn't already love Dave Jordan, I would love him even even more. And I use the word ubiquitous to describe him because the guy produces a I lot of work. I name a single Iron Maiden song. Uh, you will next run. time we hang out. Uh, you uh, you're hanging out in my crib. No, we're not. Uh, dude, bro. Oh, you're hurting my heart. Seriously. You really are. Wow. Uh, it's a shame that 421 was the last episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I don't like Maiden, really? That's yeah, that's a game changer, it, dude. It's like it's one thing to just be like, yeah, you know, I haven't heard anything, but like when we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll bring some. Nah, you're not playing in my crib. Etsy. Right. Um, I figure if I've got forty-one years without knowing Maiden, I don't need this to start. Oh, it's funny you don't need to. start. I'm not saying you got to go, you know, run around and follow them on tour, but I mean, we'll at least give you some of their better hits, which are most of them. But we'll give you some of the good shit. I mean, we will expose you to. Stop. We will expose you to the Maiden Gallop. The Maiden Gallop is the life. 
I David knows one of the days when we drive into the NYCC in the uh, whip. Okay. I'll let you guys play a we'll couple of things. David, while we're on this rip, riff, what's your favorite um, maiden album? Oh, can I do my own travels and sign off for you? No, no, we're gonna we got you hostage. Come on, David. Uh, it's, it's it's probably Number of the Beast. Wow. I I I like Peace of Mind because I like some of the I, I like most of the songs on there. It's it's Power Slave though was one of the first cassettes I bought. But I, I really think Number of the Beast is is my jam. Guess mine. Nah, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not Killers. Killers. It's not. It's it's not. Uh, it's not Power Slave, is it? It is it's Power Slave. It's also Two Minutes to Midnight. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Mariners, dude. It goes on for days. I love it. I That's love great. It. Man, y'all just get and I fucked up. I do. I have to be a Power Slave. <laughs> oh, I don't want to. I can't. I can't this sounds melodious. I can't do Bruce Dickens in the same my life. Power Slave is good shit though, and and it, oh my god, this is me off though that the fucking live after death. You, CD. Could, you could listen to Maiden and vote for Trump all in like one stop. <laughs> what do the two have to do with thing. each other? I don't get. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, an English metal band and Donald Trump. The uh the live after death <laughs> CD is like eight fucking tracks. Where if you got the cassette, it went on for like days. Was, yeah, uh, the CD always pissed me off, but. Um, I think they, I, I, I kind of said, okay, I'm good after, um, wasted years. I was like, that's, that's a great, I, I, now I can go back and listen to other stuff or check them out later, but, but wasted years was, and seventh son of a set, I actually bought the colored vault of that. Yeah, that's a great. Um, the, the newer ones are good too. No, they are. And then I know I like. You know, I know Bruce went away for a while and then came back. And but but there's there, there are yeah. four or five discs where I'm just like that. That's my jam. No Bruce, no Maiden. Right. I, I don't care. Even though I do like um I do like the song Iron Maiden, even though Paul Diano fucked that up when he sang it. But it was um. Paul Diano apparently was hospitalized yesterday. Yesterday. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh etsy.com slash shop slash Dave Jordan Art is where you can uh, buy Fadman nice. Book One or the three pack of Where Do We Go From Here or Odds or you can get the Mega Book Bundle, all books just mentioned for a measly thirty dollars. Wow. I was more of a winger guy, so was... You would be. You would be. That's <sighs> right though, dude. That's cool. Uh, um, do you say winger? Say winger, dude. Dude, don't sleep on Kip Winger, dog. <laughs> it's cool. It's funny, though, right? It's all funny and shit. Maiden's legit. It doesn't get much more legit than Maiden, No, winger's not. So fucking. You could meet up at. We could meet up at the Crossroads Club at Garwood, New Jersey, and see Winger in three weeks. Well, <laughs> okay. So I can I, I can see him at a fucking Applebee's while I'm waiting for my fucking mozzarella sticks, or I can go to a packed fucking stadium and see Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah I saw we're going on, I saw we're going on tilt now. We went from talking about Maiden to eating at Applebee's. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> I saw Maiden twice. Um, and you should buy odds because it's got an awesome list of of quotes on the back. But one of which is from our 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 lovely David A. Price. That is true. And intelligent. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice add on there. Uh, in your travels, uh, this is mostly for Vince, but for everybody, in case you haven't, please, I'm begging you, read the new frontier. Oh, hails to the yes, sir. Uh, that was for me. Yeah, it was. Um, Sorry. not to end it on a down note, but, uh, Mr. Cook wasn't the only person we lost this week. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a fucking week and a half. Uh, yeah. we lost someone that we knew much better than we knew Mr. Cook. Uh, no relation, no relation, although I did joke he was my cousin. Uh, Mr. Timmy Wood passed away this week. Man of mercy. Uh, and, uh, Timmy was, I believe, 32. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he had an undiagnosed heart condition that took him suddenly, literally unexpectedly. Uh, we all knew Timmy. Timmy was a very loyal listener. Uh, he, he was a, a fellow former writer of iFanboy. We, he wrote a column at the same time I wrote years ago when we were all doing columns. Um, super awesome dude, comedian. Um, just one of those guys every time you saw him, he had a huge smile on his face. Always had kind words for everybody. Uh, so pretty, pretty baffling. Um, you know, again, because if you do just his early thirties and in great shape too, just, just totally out of nowhere. So, um, the, but the, the, the reason I wanted to save it to the end is because if you knew Timmy at all, um, he was an unbelievably jovial dude, again, comedian, but lived, loved life and his best friend and wife made it very clear with his passing that they wanted to celebrate his memory, not, uh, wallow in the loss. And so with that, Timmy was a stand up comic and, uh, Anyone that's a fan of stand-up comedy likely knows that, uh, you know, for every Kevin Hart or Chris Rock, there are thousands of people doing this for, for a passion and, and it's, it's hard, you know, financially it's not an easy thing to be a stand-up comic. Um, so they, his best friend and his wife started a GoFundMe campaign. Uh, so in lieu of, of money to the wife or, or, or to any kind of thing, they, they started the Timmy Wood Comedy Memorial Fund. Um, which is, uh, meant to support, uh, young comedians. And, uh, you can find it at, uh, GoFundMe, all one word, dot com backslash Timmy Wood, T-I-M-M-Y-W-O-D. And, uh, so far it's pretty cool. They've raised 36 grand, um, uh, on it. So, so cool. campaign was created by Todd Bieber, his best friend. So, yeah, listen, I mean, uh, again, it's, it's fucking, there's nothing, nothing remotely fair about, uh, a 30 something year old kid dying, uh, unexpectedly. But, uh, but at least you can, you know, if you knew Timmy or you, if, if you, if you knew of Timmy through us or anybody else, uh, you know, I think that, uh, it's certainly a very worthy idea to, to support his memory by, by helping facilitate his passion in life, which was comedy. So. Yep. Rest in peace to me. Yes, for real. Always made me smile. Yeah. That beard, man. From catcher and a half. Formidable beard. That was a fun night in Brooklyn. Yes, it, it was. was. Indeed. Oh, well. All right. Hey. Thank you for being here. We do. We love you so much. And we wish you would come back next week. If you did... Have a good time. Please leave us an iTunes review or s- somewhere similar. And as always, before David says his thing, go hug the people you love. Indeed. I'm hugging you two through Skype right now. Yep. Okay. Uh, that is. Yeah, it is. Uh, also, um, 
Vince, I'm going I'm to pull you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the Wayback Machine next week. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I might too. Now, see, when you tease it like that, I'm going to do it as Just well. Just a tip. Be- because it's it's time for another Marvel magazine spotlight. Nice. Um, yes, uh, maybe Rampaging Hulk. That's a great book. Great that book. was a very so, good book. So now you're teasing me and and you're leaving me. I enjoy. I don't like to. I don't like to be teased. No. Can you give me a clue? Yes, I mentioned it to you on uh, Slack a few days ago. <laughs> okay. I will review my messages on Slack. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, what could it be? All right, everybody. As always, say good night. David. Good night. <laughs> David. <laughs> so good. You're so good. You make my day when you do that. And you're like my puppet. My little David right, A. Gumi, Gumi Poopin. <laughs> Because you're old and kind. I am Sicilian. Oh, my bad. My bad. Right. There's a difference. Yes. Bye. Peace out, yo. Later. Love you all. Police walk in for Jimmy Jazz. I said he ain't here, but he sure went by. Oh, you're looking for. Jimmy Jazz Yeah, they said Strapped a muscle gunner For Jimmy Dredd Cut off